Hello and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters Podcast Season 3, Episode Number 5. Tegan, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Kind of uh, stoked for the new Kenobi trailer that came out. Looking forward to seeing that actually uh, go live. Yeah, it it was great. It was uh, a lot more than I expected. Uh, so if you haven't see it, seen it yet, definitely go check that out. I think it'll be a good series for sure. So uh, today, as we touched on uh, a bit ago, uh, one of the new releases for Star Wars 5e that came out, uh, casting properties, focuses, and, and enhanced items, we're going to flesh that out a little bit further today as there was a, quite a bulk a, a bit of information. Uh, so just go over that and, and help uh, explain that a little bit more. So the first on our end, uh, announcements and whatnot. Uh, be sure to check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com, for access to all of our content, including this podcast, uh, our YouTube channel, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch for live actual plays of that sort, and of course, our Patreon. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast and everything else we do, uh, that is the best way to do so. And along with that, support does come with some exclusive content as well that we will uh, touch on here in a second. Uh, jumping back to the YouTube, we are very close to that 2,000 subscriber mark. I believe we have 50 more to go last time we checked. And as mentioned last episode, once we do hit that, we're going to do some sort of contest for all you wonderful subscribers, uh, followers out there. So uh, if you haven't yet found our YouTube, do so and hit that subscribe and get us over the hump. Let's jump to that Patreon, Tegan. We have another slew of brand new uh, supporters there. Big thanks to all of them out there. Uh, so on the tier two end, we have Walter, Trevisus, Darian, and Harry. Thank you very much. Tegan, tell us the tier three members. Yeah, so for tier three and shout outs to you guys, we've got Cody, Ryan, Tyler, Edwin, and Henry. Uh, so thank you guys for the support. Absolutely. Uh, great to see the growth there. Uh, you know pushing over that 100 mark, which is fantastic, super great to see. And all of those members there, uh, specifically, we'll touch on the Tier 3 here. Uh, in two weeks, on the 29th, will be that Tier 3 preview of our next Patreon adventure. Tell us about that, Tegan. Definitely. So uh, keeping with uh, the theme for this year, which is going to mirror the invasion campaign, uh, you're going to get that next leg of the adventure out there for your guys' crews. So uh, that'll be coming the 29th, and you'll get to see how that invasion progresses, and hopefully uh, your heroes will be able to help protect the galaxy. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, and one thing we'll be getting to, and probably a little bit before that, uh, is I'll uh, mentioned before, I want to give a freebie for the ship, uh, the invasion ship adventure that's going to be going off tomorrow, or ship encounter, I should say. Uh, sorry, not tomorrow, or today. So today, Tuesday, uh, the uh, 15th, I believe that would be. So uh, I will have an invasion ship encounter up there for all of our patrons, too, just so you can kind of see that. And I've really been diving into the ship stuff lately and wanted to make that available, too, in case you want to run that side of it with your crew as well. Awesome. Yeah, looking forward to continuing with that adventure and, and you know, continuing to follow along in that uh, actual play as well. 
All right. I, I think that's everything on our end. You know, just again, as always, thank you so much uh, to everyone for your support and whatnot. Uh, jumping to Star Wars 5e, there are three new pieces of content to touch on today. A couple backgrounds and a fun uh, alternate casting rule inspired by uh, Starstruck Odyssey. So uh, I'm going to cover the first background here, the Black Guard. So the Black Guard background, a uh, member of the Black Guard, a reclusive sect of Force users from the planet of Mustafar. Uh, rather than being determined by the Force, they believe that the light or dark dwell within the user. For this background, your proficiencies, uh, you can choose two from Insight, Investigation, Lore, or Survival. You get proficiency in Artificer's Implements, one uh, language of your choice, and Equipment, you have a copy of a Force Wielder Organization's text, trinket from your travels, set of common clothes, and a belt pouch with 150 credits. The main feature of this background is Student of the Force often know where to find information on force-sensitive organizations or where to find someone who would know and can readily decipher more common lore about them. So definitely a great kind of investigative type uh, feature there. Um, you know, I think a lot of times in a, in a campaign, you know, as a player, you might not uh, remember information or have that information offhand. So these features, I think, are great because then you can reference those and uh, pull something out of the story. For the background feats, uh, eight choices here between uh, empathetic, investigative, lore keeper, survivalist, crafter, linguist, form fighting, dabbler, or force sensitive. And uh, then as usual, there are suggested characteristics for the traits, ideals, bonds, and flaws. So if you'd like to check out the Black Guard, that is available on the uh, Star Wars 5e website. And it looks like this uh, background was written by Deb and Dozus. So thank you for that. Tegan, the two others, uh, the casting, alternate casting variants, and then the survivor background. Tell us about those. Definitely. So the alternate casting one's a pretty sweet one. And if you guys saw Starstruck Odyssey, or if you've been keeping up with Starstruck Odyssey, uh, you guys would know that Emily's character, Sundry Sydney, uh, is making use of them. She's playing a, a Sentinel by class, uh, but is using tech casting versus force casting. Uh, and this alternate rule, uh, it was kind of inspired Galley and Steve to, to make a new to rule in our variant options, or if you wanted to make a tech caster for a force class or a force casting tech user, you're able to do that now. So uh, check it out. And basically, there's three big things that it goes over. Uh, so if you are looking to flip your classes, uh, kind of the power casting abilities, it gives you some good rules for altering the saving throws. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's pick on a uh, counselor, for instance. So counselor, uh, if you did decide, hey, I wanna be a tech casting counselor, you're gonna be able to replace your charisma saving throw with intelligence. Uh, and it kind of goes on so on with those type of classes. Scout, you replace charisma with intelligence as well. Engineer, intelligence with charisma. So keeps them even on that side, keeps the stats useful for your PC and make sure everything's still balanced at the end too. Uh, it also goes over how to switch the tech casting abilities and points uh, for the different classes. Uh, so if you go in for a counselor who's going to be swapping for tech casting, they recommend that you go through it with the engineer uh, and swap uh, out using the engineer standard. So you have the same casting points as the engineer, uh, same uh, kind of uh, progression for the max power level and all of that. And they go through and kind of give you different options for each of the casting classes, uh, just so you know how that'll work and keep it easy too. 
Uh, the other thing they also go over as well uh, is if you want to keep your class or power casting the same, but if you wanted to be a, uh, a short rest casting force user or a long rest casting tech user, uh, it goes over how to switch that for your PC, which I think is pretty sweet too, uh, because especially for the force casting, it kind of fits too for me if you wanted to take a quick meditation break as a short rest, this way you can do so get your force points back uh, and still be able to, to throw it in there. I'm actually going to be pitching it to one of my invasion characters too, just to see if they want to jump on that bandwagon. So that's a cool one. Even if you don't want to switch your casting style, I recommend taking a look at that too, just in case you want to have a little bit of a different bend for your caster. So that's kind of a run through of the casting or alternate casting rules. Uh, the other cool thing we got, because we got that as a bonus one, uh, Gala just threw that up uh, in the middle of the week, but we have our other new, we got a regularly scheduled new release and that's the survivor background. Uh, this is a pretty cool one. Uh, basically the survivor is you're kind of haunted by something so terrible uh, that you don't speak of it. You've survived something crazy, terrible, horrible to witness. Uh, and it's really set you on a different path for your life. Uh, and I'm gonna go over a couple of the features there, but one of the cool things, especially if you're playing Rebellion Era, this could be like an Alderaan, uh, Alderaan survivor. Uh, so somebody who's off planet at the time and saw their planet or heard about their planet's destruction and it's kind of haunted them and driving them to whatever adventure you're going for. Uh, but with that too, you get to the proficiencies, you can pick from two uh, skill proficiencies, either with investigation, lore, survival, technology, uh, definitely fitting for somebody who may have seen something terrible. Uh, you also get tool options. Uh, you can pick your choice of artificers tools or implements, I should say, uh, biotech implements or brewer's kit. Uh, you also get a language uh, and then you get some cool equipment to start off with. Uh, they also give you some options, too, for the source of your dismay, too. It's a roll table, D6. I'm not going to go through all of them, but in case you're just not really sure what your PC survived, you can roll on that table and get a little bit of inspiration as you're writing your backstory. Uh, they got a cool feature. Uh, well, the, you got to make sure you don't go too edgy with it, but you can have some fun with it. Uh, it's called Heart of Darkness. Uh, and basically, those who look into your eyes can see that you faced some unimaginable horror uh, and that you're no stranger to the darkness. Uh, they may fear you, but sometimes uh, commoners uh, or just kind of people of the galaxy uh, will extend you every courtesy and do their best to help you out, uh, unless you've kind of harmed them or shown that you may be a danger to them. So that's a cool one, especially if your character's kind of that grizzled, they've just seen something gnarly. Uh, it gives you a little bit of a feature, some mechanics you can play back to to really let that be known to the RP. Uh, and of course, they've got the different background feats uh, that you can choose, uh, as well as the different personality, ideal, bond, flaw tables that you can roll on uh, just to help round out your PC. Awesome. Excellent. Uh, another addition there as well. The, the alternate casting, you know, inspired by Sundry Sydney is fantastic. Uh, great little concept from the team over there to and bring that over into to Star Wars 5e. Uh, and then that survivor background looks to be written by Slen. So another great community addition there. All right. I believe that is everything on the front ends. Uh, we can now dive into uh, expanding on the conversation here, as we mentioned, of this uh, new update with casting properties, casting focuses, and enhanced item. Tegan, what is this in general? What what was this update about? Definitely. So this is kind of giving uh, more options and some more fun options for casters to enhance their focuses, similar to the way that we've always had for 
the, the more martial weapons of enhancing your blaster or your vibroblade uh, with the different modifications that are out there. Uh, so they've developed new casting properties uh, and are just different ways you can expand out your powers and have them do different things that kind of fit your flavor and kind of fit the way you're building your uh, either your tech or force casting PC. Awesome. Uh, so let's dive into that and, you know, start looking at what those properties are, like the first part of that, and, uh, you know, maybe some examples of that. Definitely. So there's a lot of different properties on this side. Uh, I'm going to pick out a couple of the ones I think are really cool or some ones that you could have some fun with uh, as a caster. Uh, one of the, 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 big, the big ones, especially if you're going to be somebody that's going to be uh, throwing a, a lot of like explosions or uh, using things that are going to have like a, a pretty wide effect. Uh, there are a number of different ones that can increase both your range of your casting uh, as well as the size of uh, the different type of spell or power that you're casting. So one of the cool things with it too is there's different so it goes over by the, you know, with the, being a caster, you have cone castings, uh, cube casting, uh, radius sphere casting, uh, and they go through and have different effects that can amplify or expand each of them. So it's kind of a cool, and you got to be a little bit strategic as you're picking them. So if you're going to be somebody that's casting explosion a lot, you're going to want to get the inflating uh Kind of amplification because what that'll do is allow you to increase the radius of your sphere depending on the level of the modification uh so it kind of gives you some good options there and especially for explosion the more bigger you can get it the more people you can get in so that could really even just by uh at the standard level of five feet that's useful already and if you keep going on that you can build a crazy looking uh fireball or i should say explosion with that too but they have different ones too for both cubes, cones, uh, and even just extending the, uh, the the distance you can cast at too. So if you were could be the squishy uh, counselor or engineer and you want to stay a little bit further back, they give you some cool options to do that too. Awesome, yeah, great, uh, great, just additional uh, ability that you can get uh, out of those uh, of those powers that are you know already pretty pretty good to begin with. So. Uh, the versatility is very cool. It gives you a lot there. And there's uh, other cool ones on there too. Like uh, if you're being a force caster, one of the cool things you could do is if you wanted to get some more force points, uh, there's a bolstering modification. Uh, that's going to increase your maximum force points that you have uh, per long rest, or if you flip it up for a short rest too. Uh, there might be some different rules on that side too, but this gives you some cool options you can do just to really get some customization and some different flavor uh, to your casting as well. Uh, so those are kind of the ones that expanded. There's a couple other cool ones too that I think would be some good fits too, or just some ones that people may not look at right away. Uh, but uh, one of the, my favorites for this is uh, the rending one. So one of the things this introduces is a variant rule where you can do critical fails as well as critical successes for the saving throws. And it goes over those ones too. And that's already been a variant that's out, but one that it recommends with this one. Uh, and they put the rending rule, and you don't have to have this critical fail rule to have it, but if you have the rending modification on your weapon, uh, or on your focus, I should say, and somebody fails a dexterity or intelligence saving throw, uh, you actually increase the uh, damage amount equal to whatever that rending modification you have on there. Uh, so it just gives you a way to add some extra damage on that and hopefully punish some saving throws. And kind of a cool build you can do with this as well uh, is if you do have the counselor, you can use your meta magic to give them disadvantage on that save. Uh, and then hopefully get them a one and hopefully you just power up, just really pile on that damage for the, 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 the whoever you're targeting. 
lots of use there. Very, very cool. How how are we getting these properties? So, so these are properties that are going to be added into an item. Um, and then that item obviously has to be your focus. We know that uh, when you're a casting class, you have to have a focus. Uh, so like tech casting generally, you know, like a data pad or the engineer, uh, the, the different archetypes generally become your casting focus, like arms tech, your, your main weapon generally. Um, oftentimes, uh, I think a lightsaber kind of is the default focus for a force user um, or, or, you know, something else. But what's the process here of getting these properties into that? Definitely. So there's two kind of routes you can go. Uh, so they have a route to uh, in the document for building it out for uh, an enhanced or unenhanced property. So if you wanted to give your players, uh, like let's uh, let's pick on that rending uh, modification again. If you wanted to give them an unenhanced focus, uh, but you wanted to give them a little bit of extra features, it goes out how you can build that in uh, to just a regular unenhanced item. Uh, so actually, we'll go over that formula a little bit too, just so you guys have a, a little bit of a reference for it. Uh, basically, each of the properties, for them, this is just for unenhanced, we'll go over the uh, unenhanced process, which is pretty similar to the regular enhanced process. But for unenhanced, uh, for each positive property that you have, uh, it's like rending would be considered a positive property, inflating would be as well if you wanted to increase the sphere size. So anything that does something good for the focus, positive property, you have to offset it by levels of uh, um, constitution levels. So if you gave them one property, so if you gave them that rending property, you would need to have an 11 constitution requirement for utilizing that focus. So kind of cool, it keeps it balanced on that side, similar to the weapon styles where uh, if you want to use one of the big guns, you need to have a strength level. If you want to use one of the heavy or weapons, you need to have a dexterity requirement. Just kind of fitting along those lines to uh, make sure that people are building rounded characters and just not min-maxing too crazy on that side. Uh, so that's kind of the, the first level of it. So you get the positive property and you offset it by a level of constitution. If you put two properties on there, it'd go up by two to DC, or not DC, but just to constitution 13 uh, and so on, three, 15, and kind of going along how many you want to put on there. Does it go every other? So uh, you said 11, 13, 15? Yep. So uh, plus two, it uh, starts at base 11, four, then plus two from there. Plus two. Okay. And yeah. it's only constitution. Just constitution. Okay. And that is a minimum requirement that, that a player has to have to be able to utilize the, the, uh, the property. Exactly. So just yeah. kind of a minimum requirement is to make sure it's all uh, function writing, make sure you're rounding out the character and not going too crazy with the stats. Right, right. Nice. Nice thing on that side. So each of the properties too is going to cost a uh, thousand. So each positive property will cost a thousand credits. Uh, and then you add that to the cost of whatever your focus is. Uh, so if you're using a wrist pad, that's usually 600 credits. So if you had that rending on there, uh, that'd be 1600 credits to be able to utilize it. Uh, focus generators, I think, are 200 credits, if I remember right. So that'd be 1,200 credits for a force focus generator. Uh, so those are just kind of a cool way to go through and build out if you didn't want to give your players an enhanced item yet or have them make their own enhanced items like the typical rules. You could go through and have them just kind of play around with and either have these for sale or have them find them uh, as they're going through their adventuring day. Yeah, definitely a great uh, loot option for sure. Treasure, sort. Definitely a cool thing too. I don't think they made a roll table yet, but knowing Galley, you probably will have a roll table too. Uh, you could just set up your own little roll table within roll and see what comes up uh, for the focus options if you wanted to give them one, but didn't know what property should go on there. 
And then for those are for un, un, unenhanced items, the enhanced items work for pretty similar to what you're used to. Uh, unfortunately, the enhanced ones aren't on the website yet. I'm, I think they'll be on there soon. I think there's a little bit of difficulties with the document, uh, but uh, with those, you'd kind of go through and pick out the different ones uh, that would fit. There's different tiers as always, like the standard, prototype, advanced, and so on. Uh, and you can kind of go through and slot them in uh, with uh, or kind of your players, either by you give them out or by them making them or finding them, uh, they can go out and pick which ones that work well for their device and add them in. Awesome. Seems a little bit uh, a little bit easier process on that side of things. So definitely the, that side's a little bit easier on the, the enhanced, uh, just because it's following that typical guidelines. But I, I think the unenhanced are kind of a fun way to play around with it, especially with your casters. They can get pretty powerful quickly. So if you didn't want to give them a straight enhanced focus to start with, this could be a good way to give them something fun, but still keeping it in bounds a little bit. Right. So, Tegan, these sound like some some pretty great uh, additions a player can find and whatnot. And I think you've touched on it a little bit, but just to, to make sure we hit it one more time, any suggestions, recommendations uh, from for the fellow GMs out there to consider when utilizing, handing these things out? Yeah, this is one... Uh... Be not, not careful with, but just be aware with, because uh, marshals can get pretty strong in Star Wars 5e, but casting in 5e is always a, uh, always a strong option. Uh, so just making sure that you kind of know what your players, if you're giving them kind of free reign to pick ones on the, at different level ups or different points of the adventure, just keeping an eye on what they pick. And then if you're giving them out to uh, just uh, to really make sure that you kind of know what they can do and know uh, how much they may kind of amplify the, the base classes features because giving some casting and a boost is definitely one of those ones that can come back to bite you, but you still have some fun with the players and if you balance it properly. Absolutely, yeah. It's always a key component there. Um, I think like like balance is such a loose term, you know, when you when you talk about the game, you know, you don't you don't want like a true balance of of a tug of war, but uh yeah, you don't want one side way too uh, overpowered to the others. So definitely keep that in mind. Uh, just kind of myself thinking about that process with uh, with a roll table, I think it would all be fun because you don't always necessarily give the players what they uh, maybe want or can fully utilize, but uh, maybe that'll create some good situations for them to utilize what they are given uh, there as well. So kind of that randomness uh, could be fun. Definitely. It's always cool seeing players kind of uh, work something in to their build versus kind of build towards something. You know, sometimes you give them something random they may not initially thought of or thought that it would be useful, but sometimes they can come up with some crazy stuff with that too. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. So great. Uh, yeah. Great overall edition. Uh, it's very expansive. Uh, so you out there uh, listening, make sure you go and, and give it a full read. If you haven't yet already, uh, there's a ton of the like sample items to, to just go through um, for all the different rarity types and, and all that they do. So check those things out. Let us know uh, if there's any of them that you really enjoy, what you've been utilizing, how you've been utilizing them. Always really enjoy hearing that stuff. So that's it on a conversation for that piece, a little bit shorter in that regard, uh, but just still, as we mentioned earlier, wanted to expand on that a little bit. So looking ahead to our next episode, which will be... Uh, so it'll be an extra couple week here with the extra week in March, uh, but on the 5th of April, 
we will be back for another DM spotlight. Uh, so have another member of our community uh, come talk to us about their experiences with the game. So really enjoy those episodes and I look forward to, you know, having another conversation with that. Uh, Tegan, uh, I believe uh, tonight after this episode airs will be another episode of Invasion. Definitely. So uh, if you guys are keeping up, the, the crew is uh, in space and leaving a pretty... Uh, Pretty ravaged Vela, we'll say, uh, not to give away any spoilers on that side. So it's going to be a little bit of a ship uh, in the counter on that side as they try to make their way away from the invading Vong forces. Uh, so this is going to be another dive into the ship uh, environment. And the nice thing is this one's going to be a medium group ship. Uh, so versus a rogue squadron, everybody's firing their own uh, little snub fighters. This would be a good way to see the way the game's played with most groups. Since uh, from what we found is talking to people, most people use a group medium ship. So Come check it out if you want to see some more on the ship combat and how it all works together and just how the, the ship side with Starships of the Galaxy folds into Star Wars 5e. Uh, it should be a blast uh, and it's hopefully some good fun on that side. Uh, and then I think we won't be back before that too, but if you haven't watched the first part of Rogue Squadron and the Warlord of Sereno, check that out. Uh, the next Tuesday, we'll be having the conclusion to that two-shot uh, as the, the crew takes on uh, the, the Sereno Warlord and hopefully uh, is able to liberate the planet for the Republic. Awesome. Yeah, I, I popped in for that one and uh, it was great. Uh, everyone had their uh, cockpit backgrounds uh, on, on the camera views. It was super cool. Um, so yeah, I think that's always great to see that style. Uh, so some great all around between the, that and invasion, some great examples of space combat, which I think is, you know, often requested to understand that, uh, that side of the rules. So make sure to check those out. Uh, otherwise we will be back, uh, as we mentioned on April 5th. So we will see you then tier three members of the Patreon keep an eye out on the 29th for the next, uh, release in our invasion adventure. And uh, tier two, you will gain access to that on that fifth with that release of uh, the podcast as well. So once again, thank you very much to all of our listeners, followers, supporters. Uh, we appreciate it so very much. And we will see you on the next one. May the force be with you. May the force be with you.